Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, consider joining my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of your favorite sex toy shops at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Close your eyes and think of your ideal sex toy. No matter what you like, you'll find it at Fun Factory. A few things Fun Factory's toys all have in common. They're 100% body safe so your mind is free to focus on fun. They include sex educator design games to get you going. And they're made in Germany, meaning they're long-lasting. You get more O's from your toy when it stays in your nightstand and out of the landfill. Follow Fun Factory on IG at FunFactoryUSA and use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your new favorite German vibe. If you've been a longtime fan of Sex Ed with DB, you've definitely heard of Clona Willy. But if you're new here, let me fill you in. Clona Willy makes incredible DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy. And there are so many fun colors to choose from. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 20% off at clonawilly.com. And follow them on Instagram, at clonawillykit. We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. Lion's Den is an adult retailer with 46 locations nationwide and hundreds of your favorite brands. They have everything you need to explore and express your sexual side. Right now, you can use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your purchase in-store and online. Follow them on social media at Lion's Den Adult on IG and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. Hello, Armando. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? So good. I am absolutely thrilled to have you on today. Um, you are so freaking talented, and I can't wait to chat with you and just praise you about your talent. So that's really fun oh, for stop, me. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> um, but seriously, we like don't really have that many artists on the show, like painters and people who um, chat specifically and are talented specifically in erotic art. So I'm really, really excited to have you on and so glad. It seems like we are working kind of in parallels Mm -hmm. here, like in the same space, but like kind of attacking censorship on social media in very different, but very involved and very needed ways. Oh, yeah. I I agree with you 100%. I mean, censorship my God. I mean, wow. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into We're it. We're going to get, yeah. you You know, we're going to get into it. Um, but yeah, again, so happy that you're here. Thanks for reaching out um, and for, you know, wanting to come on because you, happy again, once here. again, yeah, you're, you're awesome. So I'm stoked to have you, but let's get started. I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your work. So I'm a Canadian artist currently based in Paris. And since I'm on this podcast, we're going to be, well, you know, I'm kind of known for my erotic work, 
And if you've kind of seen me online, maybe you've seen kind of a dick painting or a vulva painting, and you probably thought, wow, how in the hell is that on the internet, especially on Instagram? It's probably my work you saw. So that's kind of really to put it in a nutshell about what I do. I love it. Thank you. Very basic. Dicks and vulvas. Absolutely. We love um, it. We're here for and, it. And more, right? Like yeah. I think what uh, what really attracted me to your work is, again, how talented you are. You draw portraits and you're also an abstract painter. But I think that there's something so incredibly human and so realistic about your art that it really spoke to me. I think like as a mid-sized person and every other person out there who has stretch marks and, you know, fat and cellulite and just a person who feels like when they look in the mirror, my mirror image is not necessarily and quite often rarely ever represented in media, in books, Mm -hmm. in art. And so I think it's such a breath of fresh air, the work that you're doing. Thank you. I think I think we just need that type of work in general everywhere in all media. I mean, uh, even as a guy like tackling, you know, body image and having that conversation with men, like I love seeing bigger boys. I like, I love seeing all kinds of guys, not just, you know, the ones who are athletes wearing, you know, the real tight, you know, looks like they're smuggling a budgie. Like, okay, it's great. But there are moments where even I've been like, am I allowed to wear that underwear? Like, I don't look like that. But now seeing Mm. more and more of it, like, just want to make people feel good. I mean, come on. Like, these are real people, real bodies, and there's nothing wrong with it. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm curious, how how did you get into painting and being an artist? Like, was there kind of an aha moment when you wanted to, you know, do this as a career? Was it more gradual than that? Like, talk me, talk me through that. Uh, I had zero artistic talent growing up. Like, I was not no. the kid. Yeah, I was not the kid playing with crayons. Like, I hated Crayola. Like, I... What do you have against Crayola? I, no, I just wasn't that kid. Like, if you got me, like, Crayola, I'd be like, oh, sweet. And, like, I think I'd play with it for, like, an hour. But, like, that would be the end of it. Like, I never had that okay. urge to draw. It didn't excite that. you in the same way. No, not at all. And then it was when I was 16. I really wanted to be, you know, in a rock band. And kind of, like, you know, my dream was, like, I'm going to open up for Metallica. And, like, it's going to be great. There's going to be fireworks. And I didn't make band at school, so they put me in art class. And that's when something kind of clicked on, that aha moment. Okay. I still sucked. Like, my teacher was like, we got to switch him out. Like, this is, this is not going to work. Get this kid out of here. Yeah, like, this guy can't draw a stick figure to save his life. <laughs> so it was it was a lot of that. But then, I don't know, with each project, I just kept pushing myself more and more, and I really enjoyed it. And then next thing I knew, went to University of Montreal, was accepted in an academy in Florence, and now I'm in Paris being an artist. So who would have guessed? Yeah. My my art teacher kind of writes me being like, oh my God, I almost kicked you out of the class. I was like, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure they're glad that they didn't, right? I mean, you're probably one of their most, well, I don't know your classmates, but I would assume that you're one of their most accomplished students. Yeah, not a lot of artists come out from uh, my school. So she was just like, wow. She's like, you're in Paris painting dicks like who would have guessed it didn't have didn't have that on my bingo card i didn't have that on my bingo card <laughs> so cool and i also we have a, a similarity in that we were both in florence i studied abroad in florence in oh, college yeah. for like five months and i am actually going back to italy next month to visit actually the nice. south of italy this time but yeah did you like florence oh yeah i loved florence i think the school i had some creative differences with but i did love the city And, you know, I did pick up a lot while I was there. And then, I don't know, just naturally the shift to Paris, 
happened. They said like, oh, you love it here. I love your work. It's so open. I was like, okay, I'll come over there, you know, get my baguette, my little like beret on. And Oh, know. yeah. So, Do you no, speak French? Yeah, I speak French. I speak French. Cool. Because so, you're from Canada. So yeah. did you learn French growing up? I learned it growing up, but we kind of speak a French that is almost like if I spoke to you in medieval English, like it's very outdated. Like okay. you'd look at me being like, if I told you like, let's go have a banquet. You'd be like, Armando, like just say <laughs> dinner. Like, Come on. <laughs> That's so funny. Why do you think is that like just the way they teach it in school or why is it so outdated that they teach uh, it? I think it's like just that? the dialect. I think it's one of okay. those. It's a, that's a thing. And just the way that the language evolved there in North America as opposed to here. Got it. So the French like it. They think it's cute. They're like, oh, yeah, look at the little Quebec guy. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him talk. Yeah. <laughs> Like he doesn't get it. He's not <laughs> up with the times. But I'm sure they really appreciate the fact that you do speak French because I'm oh, sure yeah. a lot of Americans and North Americans go to Paris to mm. study art or to be an artist and they don't speak French. Yeah. I've seen some people who've come here and just don't pick up a lick of the language. And I honestly, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I would not be able to do that at all. <laughs> yeah. Even in Florence, like, you know, I took Italian growing up. My grandma was Italian and she um, her parents were born in Italy. So growing up, I was really mm. interested in Italian. I grew up in New York. And so I was able to take Italian from like sixth grade to 10th grade. And then when I, I moved to California for my last two years of high school, they didn't have Italian there. It was only like Spanish, mm. German, French. And so I didn't take it. But then when I went to college, I picked it back up before going to go. Florence. And it was so fun to be able to practice the oh, language. Oh, yeah. The real Italian. Yeah. And they love it there. You start speaking yeah. the language there. You're like, best oh. friend. They're like, oh, yeah, here's some wine. You have this. Eh. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a party. It is really fun. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, living abroad is so special. And so many people, I feel like, think it is like a lot more intimidating and scary mm -hmm. than it actually is. Of course, there's culture shock and yeah. the first couple weeks. And of course, you miss your family. But I think that you're in such a new environment and you're learning so much. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like those five months I was in Florence, I was like 20 years old and I learned so much in the course oh, yeah. of five months just by traveling and like new culture and interacting with different people. Like it was, it was a blast. Honestly, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, even as an artist coming to Europe, like branching out from portraiture into erotic art, like that probably wouldn't have happened in Canada. Right. Okay. So do you think that in general, I mean, we're speaking in no uh, pun intended, I guess, broad strokes here, <laughs> but uh, like do Canadians find sex and the conversation around erotica and erotic art just as taboo as like Americans do, would you say? I would say it's on the same level. I mean, I haven't had this conversation being back home, being like, you know, a lot of like my friends and family don't really bring it up what I do. You know, mm -hmm. like I think like I've had that acknowledgement being like, oh, he's he's painting testicles. He's happy. We'll leave it at that. Like he's right. not hurting anybody. All right, cool. And like we kind of go on to other things. But in terms of the conversation in general, I think it's about equal with yeah. uh, what is in the States. Yeah. Talk to me about like your transition from drawing portraits, as you said. And mm -hmm. so like, I'm like, not, you know, I don't really know like the art lingo too much, but I assume that a portrait is just like somebody's face. Like I would yeah, assume maybe it, it could, could include be a the body. body. It could mm -hmm. be, you know, it's usually, it could be realism. It could be abstracted in a way, but it tends to be a representation of another person. Got it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And how did you move from that to including, you know, genitals and other body parts that are more taboo, like breasts or testicles mm -hmm. or the vulva or the penis? 
Uh, that happened due to Tumblr when they put that ban. Because before okay. I had like zero interest. I was like, I'm going to paint faces. This is what I want to do. And then as an active Tumblr user, seeing that ban happen, I don't know, another, I guess, like a Eureka, not a Eureka moment, but I have just a knack of being annoying to the system. Like I had that problem in art school. So when they had the example saying no nudity unless it's like art and they used a Renaissance example and I was like, oh, okay. I could play by your rules. And so mm-hmm. I just switched on and my first painting I did was an up-close painting of Evolva and I named it after a Renaissance piece and I put it on Instagram and it stayed. And it was kind of there. Like I kind of waited. You know when you've done something wrong or like cheeky? Like I put it on. I was like, are they going to notice? Like yeah. are they going to notice? I waited like a good like three days like, oh my God, it's working. And wow. Then, yeah. And then that's how the series just kind of evolved into what it is today. Fascinating. Yeah, we're for sure going to get into censorship and talk <laughs> all about that. Yeah. But that's that's so interesting how, you know, first of all, I really love what you said about like kind of saying fuck you to the rules of like, mm. well, if it's allowed in Renaissance paintings, but it's not allowed in non-Renaissance yeah. paintings. And I'm just going to name it a Renaissance painting. Yeah, see just, how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, like, and they had a photo, I think, of like a close up of like David, Michelangelo's David being like, this penis is OK. It's like, OK, but what about every other penis? What about other bodies? Like. Why does it have to be at this level? Like, why can't we just let other people post what they want to post? Specifically, you know, artists. There was a lot of, uh, at the time on Tumblr, a lot of sex workers. Like, they're they're doing their thing. Their audience is consenting. Like, this is, you know, let it be. Totally. So, Yeah. I also think there's a lot of room for discussion here about, like, what kinds of bodies that, mm. like, the algorithm and people and the public, like, deem socially acceptable so for example david right that's like a white person that is you know uh depicted a white cis man theoretically Mm -hmm. we don't know him david and his gender identity and sexual orientation (laughs) but we can assume um and so i think like when i've seen your paintings of these body parts of genitals and you're painting fat people you're painting black people you're painting people of color you're painting people who have double mastectomies um mm. people who are disabled um and so i think that there's so much room for representation as mm. you said of real people and real bodies and i wonder if that is a conscious active choice that you're making or more so just something that you gravitate towards? I think it was conscious, but also just naturally something I gravitated towards. Like I can tell you like doing model sessions and live drawing, the models that would come in that looked more of what you would see in a magazine or mainstream media. It was great to draw them. They were lovely, but I think on some level you get a bit bored you're yeah. kind of like, it's the same rinse and repeat. Been there, like, done that. You know, not, not, nothing against them. Like, I think they're wonderful. But like, every time someone would come in that would be, I guess, deemed more atypical, I would get super excited. And every other artist who was there got really excited. So when we had someone, I think it was a woman who was in her like 60s, like larger, overweight. We loved it. We were just like in awe of this person. Like, oh my God, there's so many beautiful moments happening with her and her body. Like, this is just such a treat for us for three hours. We wish it could go on for 12 hours. Yeah, that's so true. Bodies are so much more interesting when they have things about them that Mm. make them unique and make them different from the mainstream. Because as you said, if you're just drawing like skinny white women or people all day, um, obviously they, again, nothing against them. They have their own bodies and I'm sure they have their own demons and Mm -hmm. things about their bodies that make them unique. But it's more so about who has 
uh, you know, been granted the stage in the past. And it's typically not people who are fat or people who are people of color Mm -hmm. or people with, you know, limbs missing, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really powerful way to uh, shift some cultural norms. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I could tell you in terms of like censorship, posting a body that is outside being white cisgendered, those paintings of mine are the ones that get taken down the quickest, which Mm. is becoming a pattern I've seen over like three years that I've been doing this. So that really does open up this dialogue of like, oh, so that's not acceptable. But if it's white, cool. Like, we're all good. We're golden. Right. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. This is the moment where we're this is it. We're here. We reached it. Exactly. This is a peak (laughs) here, people. Uh, But let's talk about erotic art and social media censorship. Right. So this is something that both of us deal with in very different ways. Um, For me, I can speak to my brand and my platform. We, you know, partner with sex toy companies and discuss like, hey, this is what makes people feel good and masturbation and pleasure are a very normal part of sexuality and a very normal part of health. And typically what gets taken down is like photos of Mm -hmm. the toys that we post, even if they're not phallic, even if they, you know, don't look like a penis, they're just toys that people with vulvas need and Mm -hmm. use to um, get pleasure and ultimately if they want to, to reach orgasm. And so that gets taken down. There have definitely been images of bodies for us that have gotten taken down, for sure fat images. I know other people who are fat creators and other people who are sex educators get their content taken down all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, On TikTok, my content will get taken down even if I'm like talking about the pullout method, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just discussing a form of birth control Mm -hmm. that a lot of people use. And so, you know, we have had to change our words to make the spelling weird oh yeah that this like that was my next question to you like when i see educators like yourself trying to put out this very much needed message and information like i can tell you from my sex education oh my god thank you for existing and like teaching people like me being like oh my god that's what an iud is but like the fact that like it's 2022 and that educators have to write in code like MSN messenger statuses. Yes. It's insane. It's, just, it's like it's wild to me yeah. as well. Thank you so much for the compliment. That was very nice. Uh, but yeah, like we have to use emojis to bypass the algorithm. We have to, you know, hashtag and use trending sounds and hashtags that will get us in front yeah. of eyes that we would not be able to otherwise because we're a shadow band or because our content has been taken down. And so, you know, that's the way that it impacts me. And so I'm curious, like, what do you paint that gets flagged by the algorithm and like when you post it or other kinds of posts and like what happens when it gets flagged? So when something gets flagged, I mean, especially on Instagram, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, like a lot of people think like, oh, when I would bring this up, the concept of censorship, they'd be like, well, just write a letter or like complain where it's not that simple. The system is very much a brick wall in front of you. You'll have something flagged. They won't tell you if it was someone who flagged it, if it was the algorithm. And then all you have is a button that says, do you want to make an appeal? So you make an appeal and then you wait. And sometimes I have a privilege, you know, being a white cisgendered male that I get a slap on the wrist and sometimes they don't even process the appeal. So I don't get the flag. But when I do get the flag, you're just met by a message. I'll either say, hey, we put it back or, hey, it still doesn't go against uh, it still doesn't uh, work with our with our terms of service. And there's no 
specifics. They don't say, if you cover this, we can put it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to repeal it again or maybe speak with someone like a chat, that doesn't exist. Wouldn't that be great if they allowed you to speak with someone so that we could get in front of people and be like, listen, like I have a master's of public health from Columbia. I am a sex educator and I'm trying to get my sex, you know, like, like be a Karen for a second. Like, let me speak to your supervisor. Yeah, it really, like, there's a moment you're like, hey, like, I did not study seven years of fine arts to, like, have to justify this opinion. Like, I think I even sent a selfie one time of me holding one of my paintings. Oh, amazing. Being like, it's, it's a painting, guys. Like, it's, you know, it's like, no, that's a photo. That's sexual solicitation. Like, it's art. You said art can pass, like, you know. So it, it, it's complex. It's complex getting flagged. And then, of course, your shadow bans. So if you need to promo right. something, if you have your Patreon, a show going on, whatever it may be, like you're kind of shot in the foot. Right. And you're left with more questions and answers from when you started, when you first posted the piece. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What are like some paintings that you have put up that have gotten flagged? Just kind of curious if they're, if you've noticed a pattern or if it's some, I know you mentioned like, oh, people of color might get flagged more. People of color every time. Every time. uh, Scenes that depict more um, non-hetero themes will get flagged immediately. Um, apart from that, I mean, recently I had two paintings that almost identical in pose, one of just a white pair of testicles. And then I had another painting I made of a black pair of testicles and guess which one got removed? Wow. Without question. Yeah. They both got flagged, but the original one, the, the white one, the first one that I did stayed up and I was shocked. I was like, oh wow, maybe we're breaking some ground. And then another one got flagged. I was like, okay, going to make an appeal. And right away within five minutes, like, nope, get that out of here. We don't want yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, God, that is outright racist. The fact that white body parts are, you know, this is like, I'm, I just have so many thoughts, but just like, this is such a clear example of interpersonal and systemic racism, oh, yeah. right? Of where the algorithm, whether it be moderators or robots or both, is able to say, hey, like we've been trained or programmed or both in this way to okay this white pair of testicles, but not this black pair of testicles. Like it is such a clear indication that there's so much work to be done, not only with how trained these moderators are when it comes to approaching the fact that this is art and it is sex education and Mm -hmm. body parts are normal and deserve space. And at the same time, why are the black testicles not able to stay? Like it's racism. It's yeah. And it's so tough more and more to try to have this argument in your head like, okay, maybe it's a hiccup in the system. But when you start noticing this pattern more and more, even when I made burner accounts to test my art, I'd have some that identified as male, some that identified as female, whatever it may be. Every single account that identified outside of the male gender got flagged and removed. Whereas if it was male, and it was the same image, same time it was posted, same captions, same hashtags. Oh my gosh. How many, I have so many questions. How many burner accounts did you have? What was the image? Like tell me about it. It would be the image of my work. I had about like, I would work with about four or five. And then I would post it right there before posting on my main to test it, kind of like test the water. I kind of want to see like maybe if I give Instagram a little nibble, it won't be so jarring to them. Like I, it's weird. You develop a bizarre relationship with the algorithm. Right. So I, so I would post and I would wait. And sometimes it would get flagged in, I don't know, 
uh, a day. Other times it would be immediate. And some of these profiles, I would make them public. I would test if it was private to see if that would make a difference. And you just kind of pick up like, you know, these patterns of just like, wow. So it's just in favor of white males. That's pretty much it. Looking for a new and exciting lube to add to playtime? XN's water-based lubes are FDA-cleared, GMO-free, and made with vegan ingredients. Made by people with vulvas, for people with vulvas, their pH-balanced lube is silky smooth and provides long-lasting lubrication for enhanced intimate comfort and enjoyment. Plus, they're toy compatible. Try their non-flavored lubes, Aqua and Aloe Vera, or their flavored lubes, Raspberry and their newest, Apple Teeny. Get 25% off with code SEXEDWITHDB at xns-usa.com. Seven years ago, I was gifted my first ever vibrator. It was a rabbit vibe and I was immediately in love with it and the pleasure it gave me. Having a bit of experience with rabbit vibes over the last seven years, I am absolutely stoked to tell you about an amazing one from Fun Factory. Miss Buy from Fun Factory is the dual vibrator you've been dreaming of with a powerful German engineered motor that gives you super strong vibrations. Follow Fun Factory on IG at FunFactoryUSA and use code SEXED with DB for 15% off your new favorite German rabbit vibe. That's so interesting. I feel like there are data scientists out there who would be really fascinated by this experiment. And it would, you know, things like this lead to change on the back end. If there's Mm. enough push and there's enough kind of like, have you reached out to press about this? I've spoken with a lot of individuals, especially sex workers who have been pushing a petition on Mm. change.org about censorship. I think it's over at like 120,000 signatures now. Wow. Between artists and educators, pole dancers, everyone's saying like, hey, like this has to change because I think the big thing everyone's demanding right now is some form of transparency and having a dialogue. Because it's so ridiculous to see accounts like Playboy post something barely like with just like a pixel on the nipple that's been, you know, blurred. Whereas everyone else is struggling to, I don't know, camouflage the work. Now I use screens, but I know other people who really do skew their entire artwork to have it on social media to get traction and get people, you know, to see their portfolio and hopefully, you know, make a living off of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's really interesting. I don't know if you've, uh, seen the Belessa drama mm-hmm. about? Do you know all about this? Yeah, I saw, I saw it. I saw okay, it. well, it's... for our listeners, Belessa is a porn company, a feminist porn company, uh, ethical porn company. They have a lot of ways that they describe themselves, and they are very a very rich company, right? Like mm-hmm. they have millions and millions of dollars at their disposal. They use like thousands. They're huge. They're, they're they're huge. They're... Thousands of influencers. They have a really big online presence. Mm-hmm. And their main Instagram with millions of followers got taken down. And one it was day. verified. And, and it was verified. Because usually right? there are some special rules when you're verified. You get a little extra moderation, right. a little, a little like, extra, hey, hey, yes. how you doing? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Yes. Um, and their Instagram disappeared. And they had a backup account that they were kind of encouraging people who are following their backup account. Mm-hmm. Hey, reach out to Instagram, restore our account. Within like 24 hours, this account was back on. Mm-hmm. Think about the fact, though, that this happens to thousands of sex workers, sex every educators day. Every, every single day. day who do not have the platform, the capital, the influencers, the reach to be able to say – To get hey, their account back. Exactly. We've yeah. pressured Instagram, Facebook in this way to get us our account back. Like I'm terrified as someone who mm-hmm. makes a living off of this and I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, like. Yeah. 
I depend on social media for my livelihood, to pay my rent, to get my business and brand out there. And if I don't have access to my platform because one day it just disappears mm-hmm. off of the off of my phone, my account just goes bye-bye, then I'm fucked. I have no recourse, no sort of like sense of what would happen next. And even Instagram says because like again, I've had a couple of my posts removed for holding a, you know, holding a sex toy or whatever it is, and they kind of have a little note in there that says if you are a danger to the Instagram community, then we can remove your account yeah. with no warning. Like what the and hell? And there's no, they don't say that there's a quota or how many strikes or if right. there's a period where if I get a strike every six months, am I good? Or is it sure. over the course of a week? Once again, I think for the listeners, there's no transparency. And this is why this becomes such a gamble now to post. Like even when I do work, I used to post updates all the time. But then after I started getting flagged more and more, they updated their terms of service. It was just been a bummer. And of course, I try meshing my things in with these weird videos I made to see test their algorithm and I get by with it. And then there's other moments where I just kind of sit there like, why am I bothering? Like, why am I like spending my energy? Like it feels so, so much like an uphill battle. But then I realize, hey, I'm in a privileged position. Like I got to speak out about it. I got to keep going. I'm not just going to like throw the gloves down. And I know a lot of other erotic artists who have done that, who will talk about censorship, but then all of a sudden they're verified. They can say whatever they want. They're never going to bring up marginalized communities that get censored and the importance of how censorship harms so many people. All of a sudden it's like, hey, if I'm selling my books, I'm selling my prints, we're good. I'll shut up. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really true. I mean, like, where we are both in this position where we are able to speak out about it. And then when we get to this position, like higher, quote unquote, of more power, mm. where we like n- won't really have to worry about that, like it is still our duty yeah. as people in this field to continue to speak out about mm. it. Because unless all sex educators and workers in this capacity have the privileges that we do, then like nobody does, basically. Yeah. And the system, the system is unfair. That's right. really the big takeaway. It's unfair. Uh, I mean, I don't know how, what other way to explain it in every day, you know, just even when I want to make a post, I've hit that point where I hesitate, where I don't want to hesitate sharing what I create with the world. And I'm sure there's so many other creators out there who have that too. Like, do I bother? Like I'm shadow banned. Do I get shadow banned again? Like I'm at that point too where I'm like, I haven't seen the light in so long. Like I've permanently shadow banned. Like, right. The day where I'm not shadow banned, I'll be shocked. Right. Yeah, that is how it feels. And it's the same thing on TikTok. And also like these companies are changing their algorithms so quickly that you don't really know whether it's just you're not catching on to something or your content is blocked from your followers. So I think that's also a really tricky thing. But like, you know, there's a podcast that I listened to all about this woman on TikTok who was, I think her her name is Miss Excel. Have you heard of this? This sounds familiar. She like created these workshops and she like goes on TikTok and does these dances and teaches people like Excel functions, like very simple things. Someone like her has zero risk and zero uh, opportunity to get blocked by the algorithm because the algorithm isn't going to say, ooh, Excel, that's dangerous. Whereas that, we see, don't want the kids exposed to no, word. Exactly. Ooh. Totally. Yeah. Like, oh my God, how evil. Like that's not going to happen. And the result of that, right, is that like she was on this podcast talking about how she created these workshops that are creating this passive income for her. And she gets like six figure days, like over $100,000 in sales in one day from 
these workshops. Again, is she talented? Yes. Is she smart? Mm -hmm. Yes. Does she have an advantage because she does not have the opportunity of getting her business like absolutely ruined on the internet? Yes. Like she and many other people who are not in this field have the leg up to be able to grow their businesses. Whereas people like us who are in the erotic art space, in the sex education field, in the sex worker field are not able to take advantage in the same way. Look at, look at, uh, what was her name? Uh, Bella Thorne. Who, right. That whole thing. She, she hasn't said a peep about it ever right. since. Like, yeah, she's not there being outspoken saying, Hey, it's treat sex workers better. Come on. Like, you know, I was like, no, she has not said a word. And, she's and are you saying what's the what's the backstory? Because I know I know that she's like one of the most famous TikTokers and now she's a model and a singer. She, but I don't know she, if I know the backstory. She sings now. I don't know. I She was an actress and then she decided to make an OnlyFans page. And the okay. whole thing that happened was she said, I'm making an OnlyFans. It was like, you know, ridiculously priced. And she said, I'm going to post a nude. And it didn't end up being a nude. And so a lot of people got upset. But the other issue is that she made so much money in like 48 hours that it stopped other creators on the platform from getting paid on time. Oh, wow. And a lot of people- I don't know if I heard about this. Like this is a lot of creators saying like, hey, you just decided one day you're going to role play as a sex worker and be cheeky. Sure, sure. And now you have other people who've made their whole livelihoods out of this and built an audience who can't get paid to pay their bills because you decided to charge a bunch of people for a lingerie shot. Right. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because it kind of brings into question like, oh, you know, we want it's a double edged, not a double edged sword, but like a very much a gray area where we want to be able to normalize sex work and mm -hmm. like taking lingerie shots like absolutely counts as sex work. Mm -hmm. If you are using your body in a way that yeah. is entertaining to other people and you're getting money like that's sex work. And at the same time, like you said, there are people who have made sex work their entire careers and if they're not able to get paid on time then they're not able to pay their rent and they're not able to continue that work whereas she might not be interested in continuing it. no and she she stopped she just did her like you know one this, shot this one shot and that was it and we haven't heard a peep from her and i right. think she even is the type to go out and say like yeah i'm the one who made only fans famous like no you didn't like, right that was on the back of sex workers who built that empire not totally you. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really interesting. Wow. Okay. Bringing it back. We have more stuff <laughs> I want to ask you about. So let's bring it right on back. Um, you mentioned like when you post some of your art, you put screens on it. Does mm -hmm. that mean it says like sensitive content and then you have to click on it? Uh, I would love to have that ability. Right okay. now I've seen some people have that ability and I've like, I'm even going to make a post about it because it's so once again, another mysterious thing of Instagram right. that seems to only be catering to big accounts like Playboy or other large erotic artists. So a lot of questions there, but screens are, if you see a post on my profile that says this post goes against the Vatican and you swipe through, you're going to find a naughty painting. Got it. So it's more just the kind of block. The like, first thing. On, the that first you thing. See. Like it's become a code. Like a lot of my followers are like, oh, here we go. Here's the stuff. Oh, I love it. Okay. Because I understand, you know, people might be in a public environment. They might sure, be with their family. Work. They're at work. I get it. So before it would just be like, boom, testicles, like no warning, like middle of the day. Like I had Bam. people send me messages being like, I'm on a, I'm on the bus. Like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like serious. That's really funny. <laughs> so I, I said like, okay, I get it. You know, let's find a midpoint. Let's, you know, figure this out. So uh, I made these screens. So the algorithm wasn't scanning the first photo. Smart. And it was just like kind of just being like, oh, it's just a bunch of text. But the last one would be finally the painting. So that's the method I've been using now. And I've seen other artists have been doing the same thing. Uh, I even saw an account. I forgot their name, but it looks like it's just plants. 
Okay. But if you scroll through their images, it's 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 all erotic art. You just got to get by like the the leaves. And it's, after it's, it's like, kind of like a speakeasy in a way. Yeah, it's become these internet speakeasies. It's really Very it's cool. interesting. I also used you know religious hashtags at one point like Jesus, the Bible, nice. and I noticed I would never get censored. That's something wow. that will never. So we could talk about you know white supremacist ideals that are being upheld on this system because never will they will they take that down if I say if I quote a Bible verse or. Whatever it had, whatever it be. So fascinating. Yeah. Are there other things that you're noticing that other artists are doing that their work has somehow never get flagged? Like, is there a way to kind yeah. of like rearrange, like, like to edit the art where you can like rearrange the pieces like a that. puzzle? I've seen that. I've seen some artists do that. Another thing I've seen is back to the subject of standing up for these issues is that the artists that keep their heads down and won't talk, they stay on. I know some artists who do more, I guess if you want to say more explicit stuff than what I do, they don't get a flag. They're completely fine because they never say anything. They won't share the petition. They won't follow sex educators and sex workers to be in the loop. They really distance themselves and say, hey, you know, I'm an erotic artist. And they do the whole tap dance around, you know, I'm here to celebrate pleasure. I'm here to do this. Like, that's great. But also, where do you think your inspiration comes from for your erotic art? Like, I'm mm -hmm. not going to sit here and pretend where my images come from. You know, right. that all comes from adult entertainment. That comes from sex workers. I'm not going to sit here and then be silent when they're being censored and I'm allowed to do whatever I want. That's not fair. That's exploitive. So You're... Straight up bringing tears to my eyes. <laughs> Am I like mentally okay? Um, that is so sad that that's so powerful. Like not so sad, just in the sense that like you're correct. And I think like why I'm getting a little emotional is because to be frank, like cis men don't typically like share the same outward mm. uh, values as you do. And I really admire you and I'm very appreciative that you are using your voice in a way that is so powerful and serious. I, I had a lot of unlearning to do and that's thanks to educators like yourself and, and listening, you know? So it's easy to just sit back and be like, yeah, I can get away with it. I'm going to post this tit today. Who gives a shit? But like, no, there's a lot of people who are getting penalized for far less. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. So you got to talk about it. Completely. Wow. You're so cool. I'm so glad you're here. Um, all right. Let's let's like get into how our listeners can really support artists such as yourself, mm. people like me. You know, I'm happy to share my two cents as well. But to get your work out there and to not get blocked by the algorithm, like what can people actively do to fight against these super, you know, sexist, racist, uh, heteronormative norms? I think the big thing to support artists, especially depending on the platform, like their posts, support their posts, show there's an engagement. I think the next thing is definitely follow their backups, be up to date. If they have a newsletter, sign up to a newsletter. And to do all these things, it's free. It's not costing you anything. It just takes a few seconds of your time. Uh, the other thing is to speak out against these hetero you know, norms that are being very harmful. To have these conversations with your friends. You know, listen, I think one thing that I've done during this whole journey is listen. 
because the art world really didn't pay attention to me when I started doing this work, but it seemed to be the sex positive community that saw me being like, yeah. hey, that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> well, I come over here like, okay, guys, like, are you sure? It's like, yeah, <laughs> on the way. Yeah. So like the art world's kind of like never really cared. So when I started doing this, that's how I kind of fell into this and like how I met you, how like I've been on other podcasts and like met all these wonderful individuals. And I think a big part of it is, yeah, have these conversations with people. Listen, you know, it's okay to that you've been ignorant about a certain subject. What mm -hmm. matters is if you choose willful ignorance, then after that becomes very harmful. Completely. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's kind of like a all hands on deck approach of like yeah. if you are someone and this is something I'm learning about as well, right? Like if I follow an entertainer or someone who I consume their content, like they need our help, like they mm -hmm. need our support. And it's the free stuff and it's the financial stuff. Like yeah. if I could get on my soapbox really quickly, like I have a Patreon and I think like for those of you who are listening right now, most likely you are not a patron and like that's okay like if you don't have the financial means i am not here to tell you like that that's offend offensive to me and that you should pay me like no by no means however like we as artists and creators really really do depend on people who engage with our content follow us i get messages all the time saying hey i absolutely love your work like you have like you have inspired me to get a master's of public health. You have Aww. inspired me. I, it's crazy. Like you have inspired me to be a sex educator. Like I get there way more. Me it's cool. It's so cool. And like, obviously, if you're a student, if you are someone who is a low income person, again, maybe like share, sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. Like, share share the engage. work, you know, point right. it in the right direction to people who might be interested. You never know. Right. Exactly. And like those fans for life are so powerful. Oh, and yeah. I'm doing this work full time. And if you buy me a coffee once a month through Patreon for $3, yeah. like, you know, not literally, but that's basically how much it costs, yeah. you're going to get prizes and you're going to become a part of this amazing community. And I think that, you know, uh, patrons and like fans don't quite realize how important it is. Oh, it's like to local put your business. Dollars. It exactly. is very important. And also as an artist, like I think I have a lot of people say like, well, I'm going to buy only one. I'm going to buy your piece when you're signed up to a gallery. I was like, a gallery takes 50 to 40% of the oh, cut. Wow. Wow. I was like, I appreciate the sentiment that you believe I'll get signed yeah. and that I'll be at these astronomical prices. Hell yeah, going to be a party, but I'm not there yet. And if yeah. you really want to support other artists, if they're selling their stuff on Instagram and it's directly them, you know that money's going in their pocket and yeah. that's helping them get by or to continue on. And even as someone like, I have a Patreon also where I have a show where I yeah. do a painting show and even just getting like having some one person sign on just makes me very emotional that someone's yeah. like, Hey, I believe in you. I want to see I this girl about keep you. going. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, this is entertaining to me. I want to yeah. see this continue. And how many hours does it take you like to really put it into perspective for one portrait or one painting? Oh my God. Like I think one erotic piece will take me about 15 to 20 hours. That's so much time. And then balancing that with other projects, you know, doing the show that I have the joy of painting, I'll devote a day to it. And then, you know, a portrait will take me like easy, like nine months. Wow. So it's like over like 200 hours going yeah. into it. So it's 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 work. It's work. And then trying to have a social life, not being a complete hermit. Being like, sure. ah, I'm just going to stay home and paint dicks all day. Like, ah. <laughs> like I do have to go out in public and be a normal human being like, hey, tell me something that's not painting dicks. And people will be like, okay, did you see this movie? Like, was her dick in it? Like, no, no, no. 
That's so funny. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's a long ass time to be focusing in on something. And like, I just think that's helpful and puts it in perspective. And my my final question, we're almost out of time. And this has been such a blast. And it's been so fun. You're so great. And you're amazing. (laughs) But you're amazing. Stop it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I want to know, like, talk to me a little bit about your show, The Joy of Painting, and also where people can find you, where they can support you, where they can watch it. So the joy of painting, uh, if you're a Bob Ross fan and you've been here this long listening to me chat, you kind of have an idea of what it is, of that basically I'm teaching individuals erotic art in a very, I guess, you know, a friendly fashion. You know, I look at Bob Ross, I love Bob Ross and I love his approach. So I thought, huh, why not teach erotic art? And it started off as a joke. A lot of my friends are like, wouldn't it be so funny if you did that? And I was like, yeah, that would be really funny. Then one day I had the camera, I was like, I should just totally fucking do it. Yeah. And then I I did it and now I'm on I'm getting close to episode fifty now. Like we're wow. on season three. Oh my God. And it's really wild to have these conversations and to teach people, being like, hey, this is how you paint a vulva and like saying there like it's funny sitting there being like these happy little clits. You know, each pube has its own personality. Oh we my love God. it. That so, needs to be on Adult Swim. That's so funny. I would love to have it like go somewhere. Like I can't post it on Instagram. I can't right. post it on YouTube. So I have it on Patreon. And so if you want to find me, you can find me on Patreon. It's Armando Caba. And all the other social media, it's at Armando Caba. But this whole journey, I think, from erotic art, from rebelling to now celebrating it and celebrating all different types of love, all different types of genders, all different types of bodies, it's been such it's been a true pleasure for me and I feel incredibly privileged and honored to be in this space and to be able to do what I'm doing today. I'm so lucky to be working alongside you fighting the same fight. Um, You're so awesome. Thank you so much again for being on. Everyone listening, go follow Armando Caba, A-R-M-A-N-D-O-C-A-B-B-A on all social media. Boom, bang, bingo. Um, (laughs) And thank you. Thank you again for coming. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Want to spice up date night with your partner but not sure where to start? Check out XN's Gourmet Warming Intimate Massage Oils, created for intimate foreplay and oral pleasure. Their vegan, paraben-free, flavored warming intimate massage gels produce a gentle warming sensation when applied to intimate areas. In seven delicious flavors like strawberry, hot vanilla, mint mojito, and more, these vegan lickable body-safe gels will take your intimate play to a new level. Get 25% off with code SEXEDWITHDB at xns-usa.com. In a world that constantly encourages you to change, it's bold to just be yourself. Sexual expression and satisfaction are different for everybody, so rather than conforming to others, focus on falling in love with who you are. Lion's Den sources the very best products to help you find what you like and help you feel confident expressing your sexual desires. You can get 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB to begin exploring everything about yourself. Follow Lion's Den on social, at Lion's Den Adult on Instagram and TikTok. Do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and think, damn, my part is fine art? Well, Clona Willie definitely thinks so. Made in Portland, Oregon, Clona Willie makes for the most personalized sex toy on the planet, and Clona Pussy makes for the most unique memento. Their mission is to create unique, affordable, and high-quality products that will not only last over the years, but provide their customers with a fun and memorable experience. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 20% off at clonawilly.com.
Our creator, host, EP, and sound engineer is me, Danielle Bezalow, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Katherine Cohen. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds, and our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time.